Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. So listener question time. Now this question, I know who it's from, but we're going to keep the name anonymous and you'll see why when I read the question to you. But if you are listening right now and you've got a question, burning question you want to ask Catherine, obviously not me, I would give you a terrible answer. Or Sarah. (laughs) Or Sarah. She has great answers and Sarah's a mom. Seriously, don't ask me a question. I can't help you people. Uh, But Catherine can. And if you do, you can go to our Instagram at Stop the Killing Stories and send us a message, or you can go to katherineschwite.com and send her a question that way as well. So the question that we've got today is, let me read it to you from Anonymous. If someone posts a picture on social media with an automatic weapon, is that something that you should report? Now, I should also say, when this person sent this by Instagram, I was like, is this a hypothetical question or a I need to know right now question? Oh my. Turned out it was a need to know right now question because the person that she had been interacting with on Facebook, she'd posted something, he didn't like it, somebody that wasn't connected to her at all. And then when she drilled down into this person's profile, his profile images of him very much he-man-ish, I guess you'd describe it, or I would describe it, with a semi-automatic weapon in it. So that stylized image that we've talked about before, trying to portray a picture of something. So what's your answer? Is that reportable straight away? Wow. Okay, here's my short answer. Yes, that's my short answer. I'll tell you why that's my short answer. Because anytime there is something that raises the hair on the back of your neck, anytime that your little spidey senses say, this might not be right, you should report it. And I would like to hope that most of our listeners would understand the why behind that. But I wanted to give my answer up front right away. Yes, report it. So who do you report it to is the first question. It depends, of course, on who you are, where it comes from, what your access is. You can report it to the FBI tip line. Just look it up, FBI tip line. That's international as well, isn't it? International, if you need to. So right? If it goes to, mm-hmm. if I was to pick up the phone and ring the FBI tip line, you can do it online also, right? If I did that from the UK or New Zealand or, you know, mm-hmm. Costa Rica, wherever, there is a process in place that it would go back to the country of source. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, if there was a concern that was raised, it came into the FBI. We have an international system of communicating to other countries. And in fact, where you come from, where you are right now, our closest allies in the United States, UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, those closest allies of ours, we have offices there, we have personnel there, but we also do in maybe 80 other countries. So 
we have a lot of presence elsewhere. And if there was a concern that needed to be raised, if nothing else, call the FBI tip line or go online and do it in the FBI tip line. As Mm -hmm. a ranking though, if it was me, you were talking to me right now and you know where I am. Would you say ring the local police or something more local? And especially with somebody online though, that person could be anywhere in the world. Well, that's true. So first, I mean, I say you can always call the FBI, but the best place to call is, you know, if this is somebody you're interacting with or your child is interacting with in school, contact somebody in the school, contact the law enforcement agency locally. It's always better to start locally if you can. Contact the boss, contact the HR manager in your office, contact your pastor at your church and say you're concerned about it. And the other thing is, when I say contact, you don't have to just contact one person. You can contact all of them. You can call the FBI, the local police, your school principal and your school counselor, call them all. It cannot hurt. You can send all of them the same message online, type up what you're concerned about in a very short email and find all their contact information and send it to everybody from the mayor on down if you want, right? If you're concerned about something, you're not violating somebody's privacy rights by telling law enforcement what you've seen on a public website. There's no violation of a privacy right anywhere in the world. So you're free to tell other people what you see yourself, right? And what you hear yourself, you're free to relay that information. And it's better locally because of timing. If you can call the police, and the police go out and knock on somebody's door and say, Hi, Jean, you know, we just got a call that your son just posted this image because he was mad at somebody else. That's going to be dealt with right at that doorway, right at that moment. So it's always better to do it that way. So that's great if you can do it. And again, that assumes that the person is local. Where in, in fact, I know in this particular case, it was a random person online. So could have been anywhere in the world. Yeah. And you can, right? I mean, that's the other thing is that, you know, 20 years ago, we weren't as capable of being able to find out where somebody is. Now, if you pull something up on a website, you take a screen capture of it, all of law enforcement have a much more sophisticated way of tracing where somebody is. For instance, If I was concerned that you were going to commit a crime, you and I had talked about it, but you had only sent me information over the internet and I didn't really know who you were, I might get a court order to get information on your line that would tell me your IP address and then I track your IP address down. Then I'd use your IP address to find out what your name is and where you live. And then we send a guy and knock on your door. So there's a lot more sophisticated cyber investigative capabilities now, both in the United States and across the world. The onset of GDPR in Europe, which is the privacy protections, which everybody I'm sure there lives with that here. They have the California Privacy Protection Acts here. Any company that deals internationally is going to have to comply with the EU laws, privacy laws. But those laws are a product of sophistication of the ability to actually also investigate because there's so much investigating you can do online that GDPR and other laws were passed to protect your privacy. But when a law is passed to protect somebody's privacy online, the law also includes exceptions for law enforcement investigations. So that's the value of it, right? The systems are set up to allow for your protection of your privacy on who you are online. But there's also exceptions that allow Facebook or whoever's IP address you're dealing with. There's systems that allow law enforcement to go to those platforms and say, hey, we need the information about this individual. So even though you may say, well, this person is far away, there are ways for the law enforcement agencies to communicate back and forth. And there's also ways to trace I remember a situation, I might have mentioned it once, where some person in another country contacted when there was a threat scene about a school here in the United States. 
that information was relayed and that shooter, in fact, there was an intercession done and that shooter didn't shoot because of it. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital? Or maybe you just lost it. Well, Stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this, tickets that not only look but feel like the real deal. Because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything, from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, Stubforge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With Stubforge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. As a citizen, once the information is passed on, should we feel confident that it's going somewhere? Yes. I think there are certainly opportunities when uh, balls are dropped, right? We're all humans. Everybody in law enforcement is a human and they could make a mistake and they could make an evaluation that there's not a concern. But in general, I would say this, when you report something, it's not about you. You're trying to help somebody else. So while you may be curious to find out what happens, you don't need to know what happens. And more important than that, it's a privacy matter. The fact that you're not hearing back is because law enforcement is being sensitive to the privacy rights of the individuals involved. And you would want them to be sensitive to that if it was your privacy rights. Just to draw kind of an easy example, say you have a 15-year-old son who was shooting with your husband. So you have a child, they've got a picture of dad and the weapon and the kid, and they're clearly underage. Somebody sees that and reports it. It's completely responsible, right? But if a neighbor or somebody far away reports it and they don't understand the context of it and the police come and they find out, oh, this is just a child who was working with their parent or scout leader to get a merit badge, You don't want that information out publicly all over the place. Some people say, well, I would like the police to call me back and tell me what happened. Let me tell you, the police don't have time to call you back to tell you what happened. You just have to trust. (laughs) Damn it, we'll just never know where our information goes. I will say it's really important to be confident to go ahead and report something, even if you're not really sure where it's going to go. I don't want that to ever stop somebody from reporting. And you should report every time, even if you're uncertain. That's what the job of the police and the counselors is. Their job is to take information from citizens. 
and determine the severity of it and what to do with it. Take that to heart. Now, interestingly, when this came through on the Instagram account, I messaged you and said, listen, what's your advice? You came back and said to me, reporting it definitely gets it off the mind, do that. And then you said a post after somebody argues with someone is even more significant. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? Is that like a notch up Mm -hmm. escalating behavior? Yep. It's an escalation, right? It's an escalation. This is an online thing. And of course, online might be less familiar to us. But imagine if you were driving in a car and you were in two lanes next to another car and the other car cut you off. Imagine if that person lifted a handgun up that was next to them. Immediately, you would be panicked right? Immediately, you'd want to get away. Immediately, you'd want to report it to the police. You'd say, that guy brandished a handgun. It is the same thing. It's not you at threat at that moment, but it could be you at threat at another moment. If somebody posts a weapon after you've had some confrontation with them, absolutely report it because now it's potentially a threat to you or to your family or to your community or your group, your school. You get into an argument at your office with somebody online, and then the next post, they post a picture of their gun or a gun. I'd be calling my office. I would be going into HR at a different time. I'd be calling my boss. And sometimes when I talk about reporting too, sometimes, as you would expect, it is the end of the week that causes the pressure. People have been working all week. They're tired. They've been working all week. Fridays are bad days sometimes. And then what will happen is something will happen on Friday. And then people won't report it until Monday. And I would urge you to not wait until Monday. I would urge you to find a way to report it. And you don't have to qualify it. And I'm going to be a little chauvinistic here, misogynistic. I don't know. I think a lot of times women have a tendency to play away from things and say, I don't want to get any trouble. I don't want to make him mad at me. I don't want to bother the police. Women are more inclined to do that. I tell you that as 25 years in, in, in the business and as a prosecutor. So just be confident. You don't have to apologize for being concerned about your safety. If something makes you hinky, makes you feel like, I don't know if this is right, react to it. Remember the innocent people around you, right? When you're like, oh, I'm tough, I can take care of myself. What about the people around you? Are they all safe? So if somebody escalates by posting a picture of a weapon when you're in the middle of a tiff with them, absolutely report it. Screen capture it if you can. That's very helpful. I'll tell you in our tip line at the FBI and in many anonymous reporting systems that are available around the world, you can attach documents and then you can attach the actual conversation that you had. The law enforcement can see the conversation escalated. And so post it right away because in law enforcement, we get a call at the station and there's a fight between two neighbors. We go to the neighborhood and knock on the door. Law enforcement does, right? It's the same thing, right? If somebody does something, they do it online. We could be knocking on somebody's door and saying, hey, your 18-year-old is upstairs and just posted these images of him holding this weapon. He's in the middle of an argument online with so-and-so. And we can turn online conversations into real-time action if we have the information timely. I would just say one thing about this idea of online threats and online postings. I think it's easy to dismiss them as saying, I'm safe and sound here in my office or here in my home or in my bedroom and it's 10 o'clock at night and there's nothing. That doesn't make that person any 
less inclined to commit violence. Just because the threat came in online, think of it as the threat of the gun being raised in a car next to you. From his perspective or her perspective, it's an equally threatening act. And sometimes people are more inclined to do that kind of leakage online because they think they're more protected. They think they're further away and nobody's going to catch them. So report it because, first of all, it's an escalation, always. But report it if you see it because you don't know what the circumstances are. So let others who can gather the facts for the circumstances determine whether or not it's a serious threat or a, a definite concern. You don't know. There could be a 20-year-old posting photographs like that, and then when they go and find the 20-year-old uh, who maybe is living with their folks still, the folks find out the kid doesn't even own a gun. And wait, where did he get a gun? Why did he have a gun? He went out and bought a gun by himself. He can legally do that, right? But he spent $3,000 and he bought two firearms. So help the police out, help your neighbors out and help yourself out. If you see something, say something. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to Community Podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it because it will happen and it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. If you've enjoyed Stop the Killing, check out more podcasts from Community Podcast Productions, like this one. Something is creeping in, don't follow it down. Let me introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. The type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now, you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy. And you'd be right. Well, right up until the point when you're wrong. It was all fictitious. She stole from my son, who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. 
To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.